This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Welcome to Plated Earth, where we share at least a fraction of the crazy, wonderful, and insightful stories of produce. I'm your host, JJ. Plated Earth is also the official podcast of the Specialty Produce app. Please share your support for us and Specialty Produce by downloading the app and exploring one of the globe's most comprehensive fresh food databases. Now grab a snack and get ready for Food Fables, where we share original short fiction stories about produce and its connection to people, culture, and more. Dimitri handed two slices of his famous apple pie to a young father and his daughter. Careful, sweetie, the father said as he handed her the slice, her little palms holding the plate so close to her face she could feel its warmth and smell its spices. Thanks, Papa Earth, the father winked at Dimitri as he grabbed his own slice in one hand and his daughter's Moana purse in the other. He was a regular at the original farmer's market in Los Angeles, and he never tired of Dimitri's pies or his stories. Dimitri watched as the father followed his little girl to the community tables, but just a few steps away from safety, she dropped her plate. The weight of the world as she knew it sat heavy on the corners of her cheeks, pushing her lips down into a frown. Tears swelled in her little eyes until her eyelids could no longer hold them back, and they rolled down her cheeks with abandon. The father smiled at the endearingly dramatic display, as he set his own slice of pie down on the table and hoisted his daughter up to be seated in front of it. He handed her his fork, wiped her cheek with his thumbs like windshield wipers, and pushed the plate closer. She smiled big and bright again as she dug into the pie, her father cleaning up the spilled mess with ease. Dimitri smiled. He grabbed a fresh piece of pie and made his way over to the prepared food stalls, waiting patiently in line at the Hawaiian-style food stand. He returned shortly to the community tables with his tray, setting the pie slice in front of the young father, and lining up a few bowls of breadfruit poi, a traditional Hawaiian porridge-like dish made from mashing the cooked breadfruit, although it is more commonly made from taro root. Dimitri laid down a handful of spoons and small cups so that anyone who wanted could share. He disappeared again briefly, returning from the produce stalls with a single breadfruit, which he carried cradled in one arm like a baby. He set the breadfruit down on the table, ladled himself a small cup of poi, and sat next to the young father, opposite the little girl. Breadfruit, called ulu in Hawaii, is one of the highest-yielding food plants, Dimitri began as he ladled out a few more servings for more market-goers who were gathering at the table. A single tree can produce 200 or more of this large, football-sized fruit every season. It is dear to Hawaiian culture, as it is a symbol of abundance. People of Hawaii have found immense, plentiful usefulness from ulu for centuries. The nutrient-rich fruit has sustained them. The tree's trunk has served as firewood and building material for boats, surfboards, furniture, and more. And the tree's sap has even served as glue, chewing gum, and medicine. But more than that, this fruit has carried out the memory of ancient Hawaiians, transcending time, connecting us with those who came before us. Early Hawaiian people were great storytellers. They did not record their history in books, but instead carried on their legacies through oral tradition. Myths and legends were shared from generation to generation, 
through words that preserved their history and their culture. One such legend tells the story of how this very fruit came to be. Listen closely. The words, the story, live on inside the heart of the fruit. Dimitri held the breadfruit up to his ear, then rolled it across the table to the little girl who held it steady, leaned her cheek over it on the table, flinching slightly at the touch of the bumpy exterior, then closed her eyes and furrowed her eyebrows to listen closer. Dimitri took one more bite of his breadfruit poi and, as usual, with a wipe of his napkin across his lips, like a curtain unveiling the opening act, Dimitri began his story. Dimitri spoke. One day, long, long ago, a storm came through the heavens over Hawaii. Lightning streaked the sky like streamers, thunder like popping balloons, celebrating something immense and powerful, the arrival of the war god Ku. The people of Hawaii did not recognize him, though, as he came to their town as a mere mortal farmer. He had watched the people for many years, admiring their labor and their tenacity, watching them harvest fruits from the earth, seeing their rewarding smiles, and feeling envious over their shared joy and love for one another and for the earth that nurtured them. And so he came to work the earth alongside his people, not seeking recognition for his power as a god. No, he sought something else, something far more rewarding. He sought companionship and community, being a part of life instead of watching it happen from the heavens. He was hungry for the world and all it had to offer. Still, his power couldn't be completely masked. He moved piles of soil effortlessly with his bare hands, ripped weeds out of the earth with ease, did the work of 20 men in a single day. This, of course, garnered some attention, especially from the women of the island. Ladies fawned over him as he walked through town, batting their eyelashes and biting their lips. Ku would blush and smile politely, keeping his head down, just trying to get through his day's errands. Then one day he met a beautiful, strong woman. She was selling necklaces made of shells, and while other women in town gave Ku their full attention, she did not give him the time of day. Surely she noticed his handsome physique, his strength, and his smile, but she was skeptical that such qualities would make his ego burst right through his muscular chest. But Ku was kind, and he was patient. He spoke gently with her, offered to help pack up her shop at the end of the day, brought her beautiful hibiscus flowers every morning before heading out into the fields. After a week, he earned her favor, and it wasn't long before the two fell deeply in love. Ku had never been so happy. The pair married, had children, and many years passed as they worked together on the farm, and the children helped their mother craft her seashell necklaces. They had a good life. Until one day, a terrible famine struck the island. Crops would not grow, and the people grew weak and hopeless. Ku looked with sorrow upon his family as they suffered. He was overcome with a pain he had never felt. He thought long and hard and finally resolved to a solution, perhaps the only solution that could save his family. He went to his wife and told her his plan. He would have to sacrifice himself in order to support them. She looked at her husband with deep, sorrowful, passionate eyes, the love between them as vast as the ocean that surrounded them. She knew he was right, that there was no other way. And so I must let you go, she whispered. She stood in front of him, his hands held around hers between them, as she leaned in toward his chest, and he rested his forehead down atop her head. To an observer, they looked like a single statue, 
a permanent mark in time. But I will never stop loving you, she concluded. Ku kissed her forehead and stepped back, his feet planted firmly on the ground and his arms stretched down at his sides, palms facing forward. His wife stepped back as her children ran to her side. She held them in close as they watched. Ku smiled one last time at his family as his feet slowly began to sink into the earth. Soon, all that could be seen was the very crown of his head. His family rushed to the spot and their tears wet the earth where his body was now planted. They waited patiently, watching the spot through the long night, their tears still soaking the soil, huddling together to stay warm. The next morning, as daylight kissed the ground where Ku was buried, the soil shifted and a green shoot sprouted from the dirt. The family watched in awe as the tree grew fast and tall right before their eyes, branching out like arms reaching for the heavens, the shiny green leaves unfurling like an open palm, and large fruits dropping from the branches, swinging gracefully in the wind. The ulu fruits multiplied until there were hundreds. People from afar could see the new tree, and they came rushing over. They hadn't seen a viable crop since the famine began, and they had never seen this type of tree before in their lives. What is it? Some people asked as they approached. It's a miracle, others exclaimed. As the crowd narrowed in, they saw Ku's wife and children sitting below the tree in its protective cover. They formed a circle around the tree and family in reverence, waiting for the wife to speak. She closed her eyes and heard her husband's voice call to her. My love, I promised I would care for you and support you for all of my life. This tree is my body, the branches my arms, leaves my hands, and the fruit my head. But my heart, my heart is in each piece of fruit. With every harvest I give you my love. May it nourish you and our children, just as you nourished and filled my own heart. Remove the skin and roast the fruit well, and you shall not go hungry any more. Share with our ohana, our extended family, and friends. And so the wife did just that, the memory of her husband rooted forever in the earth with the life-giving tree. The people cried with joy and gratitude as they ate the ulu, singing their praises to Ku. The gods were unaware of what had happened, but they noticed the commotion on the island and soon saw that there was a new tree that they had not seen before. Who planted it there? Not me. Was it you? No, was it you? They discussed amongst themselves as they retrieved a hundred fruits to share. But once they found out where the tree had grown from, they threw up the fruit and the seeds, spreading it across the islands. For centuries, the memory of Ku has lived on inside the ulu, which we now know as breadfruit, and it has been feeding the Hawaiian and Polynesian islands ever since. The End Well, folks, that concludes this week's episode. Be sure to follow at Specially Produce App on Instagram for some amazing produce photos. And while you're on there, give us a follow at Plated Earth. Tune in next time for the latest food buzz. And remember, cauliflower is nothing but a cabbage with a college education. We'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.